Hey everybody, and welcome to the Andy It's in the Bonneville's podcast. Hope you're well. Just a little follow-up on the last podcast that I did about uh, United Ireland. Remember that one? Just a few days ago. Something's happened, so let's talk about that. Okay, so uh, first of all, thanks for uh, the feedback that I've got. Badly. Uh, thanks for the feedback that uh, I got. I got a few messages from people thanking me for uh, basically raising the subject. We do know in Northern Ireland it is a difficult subject for us to talk about. Sadly, it is. But um, and you may not agree with my take on it, and that's fine. Uh, you're perfectly entitled to to that. And uh, as I am to have my opinion, you're entitled to have yours. And that's good. I actually had the comments off on the video on YouTube. And I didn't mean to, that was an accident. I've tried to change them. In fact, the settings in in YouTube have changed, but still can't comment. So uh, I'm not trying to avoid any any feedback from you. Quite contrary, actually. But, um... I think maybe because I, I changed the sub I changed the settings after it uploaded the video. It just didn't work. But anyway. So uh quite a lot of people have, have viewed that video and downloaded the podcast. I think it's gonna be my most my most successful one yet. Uh if 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 download and f- numbers are a measure of of success. So anyway. I digress. I keep. I, by the other thing, I'm. I'm keep meaning to ask you to like, share, and subscribe. Right? Do you know that thing with the? And, and those of you that are listening to this podcast, there's a video version of this where with me on camera. It's not just on YouTube, my voice. It's there's actually a video. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can, and you wanna look at my pretty face and see that. Tell me that I need to shave. You can head over to the to YouTube to my YouTube channel. You can find it, I'm sure, quite easily. Uh, actually, there'll be a link under your in, in your in your podcast player. But anyway, so uh, like, share, and subscribe. Do that, please. Try and build this thing up. And, oh, and have a Twitter. I have a Twitter as well. So Andy, that's in the Bonnevilles on Twitter. Uh, I'll put a link to that as well here. So if you could, if if you do the Twitter thing, and you can follow me on that. That would be really cool. So here we go. So the other day we got talking about United Ireland and my idea, my, um, had, because we're hot in the middle of this coronavirus thing at the minute, United, talking about United Ireland and Brexit and everything else maybe seems a bit ridiculous or a little bit, um, uh, cynical, but as I said, as I said the other day, this is all going to die down, this is all going to, things are going to get back to a relative normality and the issues of the day that were hot three or four months ago are gonna flare up rather quickly and for us here in in northern ireland and in ireland um the big one of the big issues is uh a united ireland so that's why i got talking about that and that i I don't want to see anybody bounced into something that they're not prepared for um the way around the, the the way that we overcome that is that we talk about it. 
even though it's difficult for a lot of people in the north who don't want to talk about it because they don't want it to happen so they don't want maybe to be seen to be given some sort of um tacit blessing of of it and, and, I, and I, as I, again as I said repeat myself but I can perfectly understand that that logic and it does make it does make logical sense to me that if you're from a certain section of our community our society that you just don't talk about it yeah, and sort of okay because you want the status quo to remain and that's fine so I wasn't expecting everything to sort of kick off so quickly but I mean I dropped that video the other day I don't know what day today's Thursday so I think I dropped it on Tuesday and today Thursday it's started and what it, what what I'm referring to specifically is Boris Johnson has agreed that the border between Europe and Great Britain is going to be in the Irish Sea. Excuse me, and not, um, and not uh, not land borders and customs checks uh, on the Northern Irish Irish well. On, on the border in Ireland, it's not actually an Irish border at all; it's a British border, but <clears throat> semantics. So, um, now the reason that this is significant, and and you will hear me say this quite a bit. <clears throat> I'm an idiot, and I could see this coming. In fact, everybody could see it coming. It was obvious that this was going to happen, right? We all knew that this was going to happen. There was no other way around it. There was never going to be a land border. For various reasons. One is obviously they're, they're a, a target for uh, Irish Republicans. And it's also, um, it's also, it's easier. I think it, I think it works out a bit easier for the British administration. Just to put it in the IRC. So it's been announced today that I'll just pull the article up that the border, the cost, which is the bo and the border is going to be customs checks checkpoints. That's what you mean by the border. So the border is going to be in three ports. So this was, uh, I think this was in, yeah. This so this was in the Guardian. So this is an, an article printed yesterday in the Guardian, Wednesday 13th of May, by Lisa O'Carroll, the Guardian's Brexit correspondent. And the headline reads, Brexit will mean checks on goods crossing the Irish Sea, government admits. Minister's letter confirms border control posts at ports in Belfast, Warren Point and Larne. So I'll just read a little bit of this. Uh, I, I won't read you the whole thing. Uh, the government has privately conceded that there will be post-Brexit checks on goods crossing the Irish Sea months after Boris Johnson insisted that there would be no such trade barriers. In a letter to the Executive Office in Stormont, the government confirmed that there would be border control posts in three ports, Belfast, Warren Point and Larne. Declan Kearney, one of the two junior cabinet ministers in the Executive Office, the regional equivalent of the cabinet office in London, confirmed the details of the select committee session in Belfast on Wednesday. Yesterday. So now I've tried to get a response 
or, or, not me, I, I haven't tried to get a response. I've tried to see if there's been a response by the DUP or Sinn Féin or any of the political parties here yet. And as of now, me doing this, I haven't. there hasn't been one that I could find. So, but I expect there to be one on the news. I watched the news at one o'clock and there was nothing. It's now three or four in the afternoon. There was nothing on the news at one o'clock. Uh, so I expect there to be something on the news at six. I mean, there must be, right? But this was yesterday. So, so, um, now, see, so this is what happened. Uh, I don't know if you remember Leo Varadkar, the, the Taoiseach. Going to the world to meet Boris Johnson last year in October, last year, and they were going to because the whole bo the border issue was hotting up because the twenty ninth of January was fast approaching Brexit day, and so they were the, the 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 border issue was still the main issue of the day for us, not for some. So Leo Varadkar and Boris Johnson went hammered out a, a, an agreement which basically confirmed what everybody sort of knew really what, what what the crack was that the border was going to be in the Irish Sea but you've got to remember um, Boris Johnson at that time was still using the DUP to secure his majority even though there was a there was an up. I don't know if it had been announced by last October, but there was an up. That there was, there was. Uh, we knew that there was going to be a general election pretty soon, so he was. You know, the DUP were the confidence and supply agreement to keep the Tories in power. So Leo Varadkar announced that they'd come to an agreement and they were going to hammer out the details. But basically, yes, that's what it, they were going to do. What everyone thought they were going to do. This, of course, sparks um, outrage from our friends here in in, uh, in the north. And then Boris Johnson denied that there was a deal arranged, agreed to, which then caused Donald Tusk, who was the the, the head of the European negotiating committee was it Donald Tusk or the other dude I can't remember I always forget the other fella's name um, they then sort of expressed a bit of exasperation at um, a seemingly Boris Johnson putting out confusion messaging so basically uh, saying one thing in private and then another thing in public but you got to remember Johnson's position. Johnson is then trying to hold on to. Uh, he, he's he's trying to. They're about to launch an election, a general election campaign, and the DUP are a part of. They're very much a part of that. So. Well, very much a part of. That, I say that, right? A part of it. So, the end result is that the DUP gets screwed. Now. If you go back farther, sorry for those of you listening, just took a drink of water there. If you go back farther, you could you have do you remember Theresa May? Her her idea was to put the border in the Irish Sea. 
right? Johnson was against that and campaigned against her. And Theresa May then go, you know, she, she ran her general election campaign to try and secure a majority. And she ended up getting a Tory majority, which she already had, but she was looking a bigger one. Got wiped out. That was Jeremy Corbyn on the, when he came in the, he, what was his first general election? So do you remember, do you, do you remember the timeline? But that's, it goes back even farther than that. I pulled up an article, I googled it, and I remember Enda Kenny warning David Cameron about the Irish border. Now, so I got an article here from the 20th of June 2016. Brexit Day was the 20, the, the referendum campaign was the 23rd of June. Uh, uh, the referendum was the 23rd of June 2016, so this is three days before it. Irish PM Enda Kenny issues border border warning over Brexit. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, Enda Kenny was the Taoiseach before Leo Varadkar. So, now that was public. So it's, he'd done it privately. So there was there was leaks and stuff, you know, they, they do these things, uh, how the, the media works within politics. So Enda Kenny had warned David Cameron before then, I think as early as 2015. But if you're going to do this, you need to get ready for this, the Irish border because it's an issue. It's going to be a big issue. And it was never mentioned. And I remember it was a year after the election, the referendum thing, or the, the, the Brexit referendum, a year after it, because it was that two-year transition period. You had the referendum, then you had a two-year transition period, and then they called the, um, what was this? I, I can't remember the, the, the name. Article 70 or something that they were going to, 40 or whatever, they were going to, um, basically, that was it, we're, 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 we're out. So, but that was only after, so you had the referendum, the campaign of the, before the referendum, all the political talk before, which went on for two years. You had the referendum, then you had another year. Then the border issue becomes an issue, becomes a mainstream issue. People start talking about it. Meanwhile, in Ireland, we're talking about it in, from 2015. And all that while, everybody was saying the same thing. Well, well it's true, people were saying, so depending on what side of the coin that you were on, we're going to have to have the borders going to be a land border if you were pro-Brexit and if you were against Brexit it was going to be in the Irish Sea and all that while all the experts were coming out we were hearing about the technological uh, the, 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 or the pardon me the technology that we could use to make sure that the, there's going to be no physical infrastructure and everyone kept saying, well, let's see this technology. Where does this technology exist? Is it is it an operation anywhere in the world? And it was, no, it doesn't exist. And it doesn't it doesn't exist anywhere in the world. So there was all this, it was it was obfuscating. It was all obfuscating. And, and I use the word obfuscate kindly. It was all lies. I could say it was lies. And one of the reasons... That for me, before you even get into an issue, 
the 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 bones of the meat and the potatoes of an issue. Sometimes all you need to look around you and see is who your comrades are on the issue. And if you're sitting in the same set, the same, the same, uh, if you're sitting in the same side of the table as Boris Johnson, that to me, people like him. So, and I, I'm by the, and I'm not talking about English people. English people voted for Brexit for a very, very, very different reason as to why we voted against it here in the north. Right? It's not the same. Our Brexit. Our relationship with Europe is not the same as yours. So you've voted for one thing, and we voted. On a, it was almost a different referendum, and and we and we we chose to stay, and we get dragged out. So please don't please understand that if if you're if you're British, English, or whatever, and you voted to leave, that's fair. That's fair enough. You've got your reasons, and and again, I I understand them. I do. I, I, I've heard, I've talked to my, my, a lot of my dear, dear English friends and they've explained things from their perspective and I've explained things from my perspective and we both understand each other. Uh, honest to God, I do have a few friends from Sunderland direction uh, up there in the northeast, and they've explained a few things to me and I completely get it. I really do. Um, but we, as, as much as maybe some people do, don't understand that, a lot of people don't understand why we voted to stay. Different world. Different world. Okay, so all that while, all the obfuscating and what is obfuscation and lies that has now come to fruition, and and this is where it leads to where we are today in the, in Northern Ireland in the North. The DUP are the biggest party here. They're the leaders of Ulster Unionism and Ulster Loyalism, technically. I I genuinely think the leadership is so bad. They're very very bad. That they're tactically they're they're naive to to be childish, because once you give away your leverage within politics, you've got nothing left. And when you're giving your leverage away to someone like Boris Johnson, a known liar, a man who is incapable of telling the truth. A man that is just so obviously for a, a fraud and a lightweight, and you give away your leverage, and and it may, the the DUP, I, I'm 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 not going to slag them off too much, but they seem to slavishly to to me to follow the trappings of the state, if you know what I mean. So they love the big thing, the big, they love the flags, and they love the band of the Queen, and they love all, and that's all fine, that's their, like, you know, everyone's got their symbols, oh, we've all got our symbols, we've all got our, our, um, our, our, things that we cling to to make us feel safe, and to give us, help, our markers of cultural identity, and, and we've all got them, we've all got them. But when those markers of cultural identity blind you to obvious truths, right, then it's a problem. Boris Johnson goes to the DUP party conference and gets cheered from the rafters. They're all, they're, you could see it, on, if you look at the footage on YouTube, it would make you sick. They're delighted that he's there. I mean, they are 
foaming at the mouth with joy that that man is at their conference in, I think it was in Ballymena or Belfast somewhere, it doesn't matter. But they're now in the in crowd, you know what I mean? That They're now, and the arrogance is hanging out of them. But it's at the cost of their own community, right? They've lost this. This is a big loss for their I don't want to say their community. I, don't, I hate saying that their community and our community. But it's a big loss for their, their side of the argument. It's a big loss. And they need leadership. People that look to them need leadership. And they're not getting it. So that brings me back to my point about the talk about the United Ireland thing. They're not getting it. And this is another example of them not getting it. So you, as an individual... Me, as an individual, as a non-politician, we need to have the conversations and pass them on to them. This is what we need to do because they're not going to do it and they're going to bounce us into something that we're not ready for because they're not going to have the conversation. Does that make sense? Can you, can you, does that all tie up? I'll read you another couple of things. So that was an, so I read you an article there from uh, the Guardian. Now here's another. I just I just googled a few things and I pulled this article up from a, an an online magazine. Oh, it's actually a proper magazine called Prospect. Don't know what it is. I know nothing about it. I don't know if it's right wing, left wing, liberal. I don't know anything about it. So, but the headline grabbed me. And this was written on the 31st of January, 2020, this year. Back in the good old days. <laughs> so, and, and the, the, it was written by a fellow called Alex Dean. Brexit. Headline reads, Brexit. Why Johnson's claims of an open Irish sea border are mere fantasies. So, we're starting to roll back now. So, we're going from... There's not going to be a border. No, that's wrong. So the onus was then put on the European Union. So it's then deflected back to the European Union. And, 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 the, and, the, and it's presented as, if you want a border, you put a border. We're not putting a border in, from the British perspective, right? So here's this article. So, so then, so the next thing is, Okay, well, we're not going to have a border on the land, but we're not going to have a border in the sea either. So we want to have an open sea border. So this is 2020. The status of Northern Ireland has proved one of the thorniest questions of Brexit process. Theresa May's attempts to carve out a special date for the province sunk her premiership. A special deal for the province, pardon me. True, right? We now enter the transition with Boris Johnson, claiming he has struck... The perfect agreement, which avoids a land frontier while guaranteeing unfettered access for Northern Ireland GB firms. All four parts of the UK have apparently left on equal terms. There will be no barriers to goods crossing the Irish Sea. This is a vital principle for the avowedly unionist Prime Minister. Yet critics accuse him of misrepresenting the truth. Northern Ireland will effectively be enforcing EU customs, rules 
They say, meaning paperwork and checks and controls will be required for goods crossing the border. GB and Northern Ireland firms will soon face new frictions and the UK's internal market will be compromised. The row has grown increasingly heated in recent weeks, especially after Chief Brexit negotiator Michel Barnier reiterated that the EU expects substantial controls. That was the guy that, whose name I couldn't remember, Michel Barnier. And who was right? So, who was right? Having spoken to politicians, civil service chiefs and independent experts, it is the consensus position that Johnson's promises ring hollow. A definite consequence of his deal is friction on the Irish sea border once the transition ends, with all the implications that that has for the integrity of the UK internal market. The only question is the extent of this. Is the extent of this. It is a shame that the Prime Minister continues to obfuscate, there's that word, a very good word to describe him, continues to obfuscate, and his decision to do so risks storing up trouble for the future. So there you have it. Basically what he's saying is because of the deal that Boris Johnson struck with the EU, there was always going to be a border in the Irish Sea. So when you go back to 2019, when Leo Varaga goes to the world to meet Boris Johnson to work something out, they do work something out. But you got to remember this. It's based on the deal. What they worked out is based on the deal. Okay? The EU is a rules-based organisation. It's not to say they can't change the rules. They can. They change the rules for Northern Ireland many, more than once. But they're a rules-based organisation. So, I'm not to say they're completely... I'm not blowing smoke up the EU's hole around it. I'm just saying. So, whenever Michel Barnier expresses um, exasperation at Boris Johnson coming out two weeks after agreeing a deal with Leo Varadkar based on the documents that they had all previously agreed to. Whenever Michelle, the likes of Michelle Barnier expresses their exasperation at why Boris Johnson would then send contradictory public messages two weeks after he's agreed on peer no had a public had a meeting with with um with Leo Varadkar and they've agreed the, the the means at which they're going to go forward based on two years of negotiation the document the documents that that have, that, that have been that have been um, that well not, not two years for Boris Johnson but basically two years of negotiation you understand why it's confusing, but then that whole time the DUP are still lending support to Boris Johnson, and they have now given away their they've given away their political leverage, so they're going to get screwed. That's how politics works. Now to bring us right up to date, and and that's naive, and that's a problem for us all, not just people like me, who want to see a united Ireland. Because I want to see a peaceful United Ireland. I want to see a peace, a United Ireland where my Protestant unions and loyalist brothers and sisters have a strong identity and, a, and, and feel safe and secure in it. That's important. That's, a, that's important. If it's not important to you, it should be. So, this article here, it's, again, it's another one from that magazine, The Prospect. And this brings us up to December 14th. 
December 14th, 2019. So this is after the the election. And it, it's, it's, it's immediate, but written by a girl called Siobhan Fenton. And the new electoral electoral reality in Northern Ireland and how the DUP have hit rock bottom. Now what that refers to is, if you don't know, the DUP uh, lost a certain amount of votes. So did Sinn Féin, but the DUP were uh, the biggest party. And a couple of their big hitters, like Nigel Dodds, Nigel Dodds, um, lost his seat. And there was another one where they were expected to pick it up in North Down, and they, they, they didn't even get close to it. They lost it to the Alliance Party, which are like our Liberals. So, uh, the DUP's fall from political grace has been as brutal as it has been inevitable. And that's the word here. Inevitability of all of this. In the wee hours after the 2017 general election, rows of celebrations from party leader Arlene Foster and her 10 MP. So that's 2017 when Theresa May got a kicking, but the DUP did well. 10 MPs echoed around the Belfast Electoral Count Centre as they found out that they would hold the balance of power at Westminster. So Theresa May loses out and there's those 10 extra seats that... Right? Now, the reality is that they should never have gone into that power sharing... Uh, arrangement because in the end today they were always going to get screwed we were always going to get screwed. I remember saying this at the time I think I probably podcast out about it it was obvious the junior partner always gets screwed in a in a in a coalition government not that this was a coalition government but the confidence supply arrangement so uh Two years, uh, so two years later, in the same room, Foster and her colleagues could only look on, despondent and forlorn, as the results trickled in. The strong majority for Boris Johnson means Conservatives no longer need the backing of the DUP to govern, despite the Prime Minister's florid talk of wanting to preserve and prioritise Northern Ireland's union with the rest of the UK. Most people in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland strongly doubt his word. Very true. The DUP should now expect to find itself cast aside by the Tories as suddenly as it was embraced in 2017. Right, I don't need to read any more of that. So that's uh, um, exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Oh, actually, this other little bit has just caught my eye. So I should read it. So, however, it has been left high and dry by Johnson, whose Brexit deal creates a de facto border down the Irish Sea. But that entire time, the DUP were still backing Boris Johnson, who everybody knew was going to screw them. And then when I say everybody knew, I knew. So if I knew, they knew. They're bound to have known. They're not stupid. So, and, and this is where the problem, this is where the problem lies for us all. Just the other day, I says, what if you get de facto bounced into United Ireland that you're not that you don't want, that you're not prepared for? Well, you've just been bounced into a, a, something that you, you you don't want and you're not prepared for. Are you going to? Ha- is the conversation going to start being? Are you going to start having that conversation? W- what is it going to take to open those that conversation up? Do you know what I mean? As much as as much as I want to see Northern Ireland 
have closer ties with the Republic of Ireland. That suits me, but I don't live in a bubble. I don't live in a vacuum. I've got relations and friends and neighbours, well, not neighbours down here, but many, many friends who are from the other side of the community. Again, I hate using that fucking phrase. I don't, I don't think there is an other side of the community. But, you know, what is it going to take? The conversation has to be had. And the onus is on the people that don't want the United Ireland to start the conversation. We all have to have the conversation. We all have to have it. We have to talk about it. Figure out what it is that we want. All polls have shown that the South is up for this. I think every poll, poll ever done has said the number varies from a sixty a low sixty five to a high eighty five percent, depending on the poll. So that's not going to be a problem. That bet's not going to be a problem. What are we doing here in the north, and how do we ease that transition? So that's the point. So just to finish off with, uh, so the situation. So. Right, so the situation that we're in, in the north, is that there's now a border down, technically a border down the Irish Sea. Now, I don't know what that means for us as civilians. We're talking about goods and services, so it's customs, it's a customs checkpoint for goods and services. For goods, goods, yeah, goods. What does that mean for us as people, as individuals? Are we going to have to hand over passports going into the UK? Is there going to be a border in the airports as well? What's going to happen? I don't think that's being spoken about, but if 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 the Tories are saying no, then you know, I would I would check my pockets after that because you know they're not reliable. It's as simple as that, and this is my point where we have to start relying on ourselves, start being honest about it, and relying on us, and stop leaning into symbols that might make us feel comfortable for five minutes, might might give us some sort of um some tickle at our DNA DNA genetic level but ultimately are empty and vacuous because our future is going to be different and I mean that both so the Repu for Irish people people who consider themselves nationalists the things that we traditionally value symbolically they may have to go and for the people that consider themselves British, the things that you that, that you value symbolically may have to go, or, or they may have to be changed, or they may have your connection to them may be lessened. And that's called practical, real politic is what it's practical politics. And that's what it's referred to. And we're all going to have to do it. I think it's becoming increasingly obvious. There's a border down the Irish Sea. Is it going to be on the news tonight? I don't know. I'm going to go and check it now. We'll find out. So there we go. I'm not going to do any record recommends because uh, I'm going to go and get my dinner. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. So, I did that United Ireland podcast the other day and two days later this happens. So, I'm glad I did it. A lot of... I got, I got a lot of good feedback. I got a couple of... People disagreed with me, which is perfectly fine. I'm not saying I'm right. 
just giving you an opinion. We're just talking here, right? And uh, so I'm glad I did this. I was, a bit, I was a bit worried about it, but I'm glad I did it. So there we go. Uh, hope you all stay well. Love you all very much. Like, share, subscribe. Do the thing. Get onto my YouTube channel. Get that clicked. Um, and uh, do what you have to do. Most of all, talk. Talk to your friends. Talk to your colleagues. Talk to your family. Have the discussion. Try and keep it real. Stay the fuck away from them conspiracy theories. But we'll get there. Anyway. Peace out. Love y'all.